This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Esler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Esler. And we are coming up towards the end of the regular season for college football. As always, we're going to do five college football games, five NFL games. We'll take a look at the markets, see how they're moving, give you a few that have caught our eye, and we'll go from there. If you want to find any of our content, you can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor, or you can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler, or you can find his work at pregame.com. Dave, let's just jump right into it. We're second to the last week of the regular season for the main college football slates. First game we're going to take a look at. Number 10, Louisville, traveling to Miami to take on the Hurricanes. Currently this one, it's a pick and the total sitting there at 46.5. Dave, what do you think for Louisville-Miami? Yeah, I mean, it's Miami's last home game, and they did beat Texas A&M, and they did beat Clemson at home. So I'm not going to go right to Louisville. And in spite of themselves, Miami has six wins. They're both eligible. But, I mean, yeah, for what it's worth compared to preseason expectations, maybe not. You know, after they beat – Texas A&M, they were, they were all full of themselves, and so was the media. But add to the fact that they played FSU actually pretty tough last week. Um, I don't think Louisville's an auto bet. I know Louisville has the one loss at Pittsburgh, but this is just Louisville's third true road game this season. And, and the only other road game, they barely beat NC State 13-10. to 10, So um, I'm not going to follow the herd and throw the Canes under the bus. I'm, I'm going to take Miami. Yeah, see, this is one where I was looking at the market, and the market clearly likes Miami. But this is – I just don't see it. I, I even going through the game, I saw where you're coming from. It's only like their third true road game for Louisville. But when I look at motivation, yeah, it's senior day for Miami, but who the hell goes to Hard Rock Stadium when Miami's no good? They hardly get good home crowds just in general. They've played a lot of close games, but they've lost a lot of close games. I look at Louisville. This is a team that if they win, they're into that ACC championship game. I just don't see what Miami's really playing for here outside of pride and senior night. They're in their bowl. They can't really do anything to move up. I'm going to take Louisville in the pick I don't see how they lose. Because of the senior day, maybe there's a little energy, and both of these teams stopped the run. I did lean with the under, and I looked at the under in the first half because I feel like if Louisville gets out and is really taking it to this Miami team, they have nothing to play for. That There's no shot in an under for a full game. So I looked at the under in the first half, and I think that came in at around 22 and a half last night when I was looking at it. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the over, that's for sure. So if I'm betting a total, it's, it's definitely the under. Dave likes Miami. I like Louisville. We both look at the under. I said maybe a first half under based on it. Let's move on to our second game here, Dave. Second one we're looking at, it's, Tulane Green Wave ranked 24th in the country going to Florida Atlantic. Currently in this one, Tulane's favored by nine and a half. Now, Dave, I gave this one out earlier this week, and I said to wait to see if a 10 pops up. Do you think we'll see a 10 pop up in this game? Um, Probably not if we haven't already. It's Thursday. Um, I wouldn't rule it out, but I would tend to think not. And if we did, it would probably be very late. And I guess I should also mention the total sitting there at 47 and a half for FAU Tulane. Tulane wins games, but they don't get margin at all. Um, on the bright side, they know how to win close games. I'm inclined to take the points here, but I think the, the better bet is the under. I mean, FAU, they want to run, they won't be able to. They may be able to throw in Tulane, but you know that's not their strength either. 
if they can slow down Tulane's ground game, um, FAU can keep it close enough, but you know, they certainly don't want to shoot out. I think both defenses are good at getting after the quarterback. Um, I see no reason not to take the under here, and I do lean with the points, but I think the under is a very solid bet. I agree with you, but we're opposite here. The market, it's saying under in this game. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a good grasp on the total, but I do like taking the points with the FAU. And you mentioned it. Tulane, I mean, look at their last five games. Hardly beat Tulsa. Hardly beat Eastern Carolina. Rice. North Texas. The last team they beat by double digits was Memphis, and that game was back and forth for much of it until the end. I feel like the public sees Tulane. They're ranked. They think of, you know, Spears and Pratt from last year. Well, Spears is in the NFL now, and Pratt's been dinged up. This Tulane team isn't the same Tulane team that beat USC in a shootout. Flip side for FAU, they're still technically playing for bowl eligibility. It's senior day for them. They're four and six. They somehow find a way to win this game. They have a very winnable sixth game. So I like that energy. I I would take FAU plus the points. Yeah, I would be inclined to, but I I do tend to agree with the market. I I don't think this is a high-scoring game. So moving to our third game here, we're going to look at the Georgia Bulldogs, who are currently now ranked first, taking on number 21, Tennessee in Knoxville. Currently, Georgia favored, depending on where you look, 10, 10 and a half, and that total sitting there at 58 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for Georgia, Tennessee? If we're just going to have recency bias and look at last week, are we ready to throw the balls under the bus? After that performance in Missouri, I mean, I'm not because I, I like the Tigers. I thought they were that good all season. Um, now, Tennessee did play like total shit, but Georgia has the ability to bring out the best in everyone. And Knoxville isn't an easy place to play. We know that. Um, can we see a potential flat spot for Georgia? I mean, flat is one thing, but, you know, less than 100% effort now that they've clinched the SEC East. Maybe they need to win for the CFP ranking, but they don't need the style points. So, you know, with a big, huge gulp, I'm going to take the points here. Man, I I looked at it and just looking at the team stats, both of these teams could potentially stop the run. I know we've kind of nitpicked Georgia's defense saying, hey, they're not as good as the last couple of years. But I mean, those were the best defenses in college football. It's still pretty solid. But I kind of just like what Georgia's doing here. Ever since Brock Bowers went down, it it feels like they're allowing Beck to throw the football down the field more. Basically, since that Kentucky game, they've been putting up a lot of points and blowing teams out. I look at Tennessee. I mean, they really, outside of it being Georgia, the number one team in the country, I guess they might get up for it. But it's not even senior day there as they play at home against Kentucky the following week. I looked at it and it said, you know, if both run games were taken away, who would I rather have, Joe Milton or Beck? I'm going with Beck, and I think they can cover this spread just because he has shown the last five games he can throw the football. And Joe Milton, without a run game, this guy has been in college for five, six years for a reason, and he's transferred. It's because he's not very good. So I can't put any money on Milton. I would, now the opposite way, take the gulp and probably try and find a 10 on Georgia. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. So I guess we got our first head-to-head one. Georgia, Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i really sorry that you feel that way. I, what do you think on the total on this game? Because I feel like it's a very – it could go either way for me. I could If both teams can stop the run, I feel like this game could go under and it could be like a, you know, 28 to 17 type game or a 31 to, to 24. Those are under games. But if they do throw the football and, and go back and forth, 
I could also see this being like a 38 to, you know, 30 game, something that is over, you know? Yeah, well, all those things you just mentioned had Tennessee being within 10 points. So good old Rocky Top, baby. I, I said a couple of scores there by 14. We'll see how it goes out. We'll disagree for this one. We'll move on to our fourth one, see if we have a dis- disagreement on this one. Number 21, Kansas State, going to unranked Kansas. Right now, this line, depending on where you look, is eight, eight and a half for Kansas State. Total sitting there at 56 and a half. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for Kansas State, Kansas? Kind of like Kansas here, really. I mean, there was a while there where they were the they were the better's darlings and Kansas State's beaten everyone they were supposed to, and they've only lost one game, I think, by more than a touchdown. It's it's senior night, and and all three of K State's losses have come on the road. Um, K State's been been putting up a lot of points. Yes, they have, and their only loss uh, in their last four was a 33-30 game to Texas. So yeah, they should kill Kansas, I guess. But you know, Kansas has only lost one game again by more than a touchdown at Texas, and that was a while ago. I mean, I'm not going to pass up the home team getting points in a rivalry game. I know what's at stake for Kansas State, but I also know how badly Kansas wants to win. I'm not sure they can win. They might be able to, but I don't think they're going to lose by double digits. Well, we're going to disagree again here, Dave. I'm going to take Kansas State, but my reason was, I know you said they they haven't played necessarily well on the road. Three out of their, you know, all three of their losses on the road. They only have one win on the road, and it came against Texas Tech, but... That was Missouri, who's in the mix. How much, did, how much did they win that game by on the road? 17 against Texas okay. Tech. But okay. Missouri was in the mix for most of the season in the SEC. Oklahoma State could potentially be one of the top teams in the Big 12. And then Texas most likely going to win the Big 12. Those were all pretty darn good teams. The reason I lean with Kansas State here is because of Kansas quarterback situation. Jalen Daniels is hurt and Bean is now questionable. If they go to their third string quarterback, I don't see how Kansas State loses this game and doesn't cover. I mean, since that Oklahoma lost in early October... They've been blowing teams out and putting up a ton of points outside of that Texas game where they still scored 30 and lost by a field goal in overtime. This Kansas State team, I went back and looked at some of the history. They've covered the last four games against Kansas and kind of dominated this matchup. Plus, they're the only team that's still technically, I guess, through tiebreakers and everything, still have somewhat of a shot to play in that Big 12 championship game, though I don't think it happens. It just feels like they're playing with more, and Kansas isn't healthy. And I, I don't really have a lean on the total because if Kansas plays their third-string quarterback, I mean, this this could get out of hand. Kansas State could cover, but I feel like Kansas might not be able to score points. So because of the iffy quarterback situation, no lean on the total, but I would lean with Kansas State. Well, I like taking the opposite side as you because then everybody gets both sides of the story. You know, when I'll take I'll take nine, nine and a half now. And when Kansas is only playing their second string quarterback and it goes down to seven, I'll have even more value. I can't wait to hear your opinion in this one because the next game we're looking at going you to already, be- You already know what I'm gonna say. Number five Washington traveling to number 10 Oregon State currently this line is Oregon State favored by two and a half total sitting there at 62 and a half I felt good and gave this out on Tuesday when it was Oregon State minus two but then all I've heard since is everybody loving Oregon State and I'm a little nervous about it well I love Oregon State too I mean I've never been comfortable back in DJU but I've made that quite clear we you know, we know the stakes for Washington in this game, and we know they might have the Heisman Trophy winner, but their defense is very worrisome for me. I mean, not only did they give up 28 to Utah last week, but 
They gave up 33 to Stanford. Uh, I think that's a problem. And Oregon State has a really good defense. Uh, but Oregon State, they literally have four NFL uh, offensive linemen. And I think they put up plenty of points. Uh, they don't want to shoot out. Of course they don't with Washington. But, you know, when it all comes down to it, Oregon State's favored for a reason, and I think it's a very good reason. So I will take the Oregon State money line and, and be happy to be in the in the herd mentality, I think, this week. I just, you know, it's a road game. It's, it's different. Uh, Oregon State's a tough place to play. Because it is a uh, – Oregon, Oregon State will want to pound the ground. I, I, le- I like the under here as well. Uh, so uh, the – the Beavers and under without hesitation. You mentioned everything for Washington. That's the high-flying offense, but the defense isn't great. You look at some of the close games they've played with teams that are built much like Oregon State. Just for example, last week against Utah, Oregon State's better offensively than Utah, and Utah played them to a seven-point game. Now they have to go on senior night, night game, in Corvallis, a tough place to play. I'm taking Oregon State. It feels like a game in which... Washington hasn't been very impressive since beating Oregon and Oregon state still can find themselves in that PAC 12 championship game. If they win out and a couple things happen that go their way, wouldn't rule it out. Plus it's the good, it's the defense. They're really good against the pass, giving up less than 230 yards per game playing in the PAC 12 where a lot of teams throw and Washington, not a great running team, but they're not going to run it on Oregon state who is good at stopping the run. I like Oregon State, but like I said, a little worrisome that now I'm hearing everybody love Oregon State. Well, I agree with you there, but I like Oregon State and and don't even know that everybody likes Oregon State. I just know I do. All right, Dave. All we ask for the winner's take is that you guys continue to download, like, subscribe, listen to the podcast, share it with your friends. Uh, Dave, let's look at the markets here for college football. Any games that the market is saying you should probably bet this or something you've had your eye on all week? No, I, you know, that's that. Uh, I think Oregon State is the only bet I've actually made so far this week. There's a lot of things where lines have moved, and I'm not, I'm not so sure. I look at that Big Ten game between Indiana and Michigan State. A lot of people seem to like Michigan State. The totals dropped down to three and a half. I'm kind of inclined to take Michigan State there, to be honest with you. In Michigan-Maryland game, I'm a little surprised that it's come down under 20. It's down to 19 most places now. I think Michigan still wants to prove something. I, I like the Maryland team total under there quite a bit. Tough games this week, tough games. Um, everybody loves Purdue over Northwestern. I don't know why. but I don't get that one either. You know, it's tough. Um, a lot of people, I, I wish I had bet this earlier, Georgia Tech, uh, I've said all year they're better than people think, and, and they've won a bunch of games that people didn't think they would. And you got to lay six and a half now, but I think they beat Syracuse by by quite a bit. Um, looking down the rotation here, yeah, not a whole lot really makes me all warm and fuzzy. I mean, a lot of people like Cal over Stanford. I'm, I'm not so sure I do. Stanford put up points there against uh, against Washington, so... You know, Cal on the road, I, I'm, I'm inclined to take a touchdown with Stanford. Texas, Iowa State, the market kind of likes Iowa State. I'm leery of that one, but just pointing that out, that, that there are a lot of people that do like Iowa State. Um, Let's see what else we got going down. Your Badgers are four and a half, and I don't quite understand that, but, you know, I'm going to. I'm going to totally pass. Uh, I would take that under, I think, at 37. But 
I can't. I think Nebraska cares more than Wisconsin does right now, but that's all you. Yeah, that's not a game where I'd want to bet on Wisconsin. But I looked at the market, and I agree with you. Some of the ones that, you know, kind of popped out to me were Georgia Tech. And I knew – I think you even gave out a Georgia Tech over for their season win total earlier in one of the pods. And they've kind of done this thing that you mentioned in previous pods. They win one, they lose one. They win one. Now they've put in a few wins together, but they're coming off a loss against Clemson. It just feels like a better team and a more complete team than what Syracuse is. And they need that win to become bowl eligible. And with Georgia on deck, I can't imagine there's a lot of faith that they'd beat Georgia. So I agree with you on Georgia Tech. I agree with you. I don't understand the Purdue love. If I had to bet that game, I'm taking Northwestern. Um, I actually, Cal jumped out. Iowa State jumped out. You mentioned both of those. I think the only one that jumped out to me that you didn't mention was Virginia Tech. I know this was at two and a half, three, but I do like Va Tech against NC State. Um, yeah, NC State's tough right now. I bet on them a couple times and got burned by them, meaning they'll probably win and cover this week, but... Yes, I would agree with you that they are probably the right side. Again, you want to find our content, you can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor, or you can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler or his work at pregame.com. Dave, let's move to our NFL slate here. Now, the first one we're going to look at, it's going to be the Los Angeles Chargers heading to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Currently, this line, Chargers favored by three, total sitting there at 43 and a half. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for Chargers-Packers to kick off our NFL slate? Yeah, I love your Packers. It's three now. I bet them at three and a half. Um, you know, people will say, oh, Dave, they lost to Pittsburgh. Well, yes, yes, they did. Uh, but what they did in that game was throw the ball for 283 yards against a good Steelers defense. And this week they face the Chargers defense, which is a sieve with a capital S. Um, you know, it might be worse, the worst pass defense in the NFL. And, you know, look at the Chargers' four wins. The Vikings, Raiders, Bears, and Jets. You know, look at the Chargers' travel schedule in the last month. Home in Chicago, east coast to the Jets, home on six days rest, back to Wisconsin. And it gets worse going forward. I'll spare you the details. But I think that the uh, intangibles own them right now after losing that game to Detroit. I think the handwriting's on the wall. They may be without some more wide receivers. Brandon Staley isn't getting it done. He could be the next coach fired. Uh, and the Packers are as healthy as they've been all year. And they're... They're simply not worse than the Chargers right now, so I like Green Bay. Yeah, I actually gave this one out earlier in the week. I like the over in this game. You kind of spelled it out with the Packers passing. Everybody can pass on this Chargers defense, and Green Bay last week looked like they were turning the corner with some of their young wideouts, and Jordan Love actually looked pretty decent, even better than his numbers. Matt LaFleur could use a win, especially with the the fan base. So I agree with you. I like the over. I think there's going to be points scored here. The defense for the Packers, they could be down Jair Alexander. They're already traded away Rasul Douglas. Eric Stokes is out. That's their top three corners coming into this season. Safeties were never good. Linebackers are banged up. I could see them giving up points because that's just what Joe Barry and his defense do for the most part. I could also see the Packers team total potentially being over. Those were the two that I looked at, the over and the Packers team total over. I can, I just This team hasn't found ways to win close games. That's why... I get a little hesitant with taking the Packers. Yeah, well, I mean, it's tough when you're when it's your team to do it with conviction, but it's not my team, and I did it with conviction, so feel good. Moving to our next matchup here, it's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, currently in this one, you have the Dolphins favored by 12.5 with a total sitting there at 46.5. Dave, what are you thinking for Raiders-Dolphins? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't get this. I mean, are the Raiders getting love now because they pulled out a win Sunday against the Jets? I mean, there's a big part of me here that sees a similar mismatch talent-wise to the Giants-Dallas game last week, and that game was like 17 and a half. We got a full six-point difference to play with here. You know, adding the Miami bye and the fact that, the, you know, they stiffened up in that game in Germany after they fell behind to the Chiefs. Uh, and looking at their schedule, they actually have a legit chance to win out. You know, losing to KC hurt their chances at the number one seed, but it's still on the table. And you know what McDaniel will do if he gets a chance. I mean, there's no way I can make a case for the Raiders. I know maybe they're a little more inspired without Josh McDaniel, but, okay, it's Aiden O'Connell against Tua. It's an interim coach against McDaniel. It's a Raider defense that let Zach Wilson throw for over 250 yards. Um, I'll take Miami and lay the wood and probably double down in the first quarter and the first half. I agree with you. That was exactly what I was going to say. I actually, again, this is another one that I gave out. I was glad when I saw this game on the list that you gave me because I'm like, boom, got a pick that I love for this game. It's Miami in the first half, and I found it minus six and a half. It's the Raiders, like you said. Here are their wins. Denver, not a great team. Packers, not a great team. I know that. New England, not a great team. You know that. Giants, Jets. These teams are horrible, and they still aren't scoring a ton of points. If there's one thing I know about Miami, it's the fact that they feast on lesser teams. They're going to feast on Oakland, plus they're coming off of a bye. The only thing I would say and be hesitant about is the fact that maybe they take their foot off in the second half because they play on a short week on a Friday next week. That's that's about it, or else this just feels like a game in which the Dolphins are going to absolutely dominate here. So, yeah, give me Miami in the first half, and if you feel comfortable for the full game, I might have to tell you. Yeah, I mean, why not? Um, Miami, you know, they, they held Kansas City to 21 points. Uh, I actually held them scoreless for a good while after they got those 21 points. So I think with the bye week, I think Miami – should come out firing on all cylinders. Let's move to another matchup. This one probably not as high scoring as the Dolphins. We're looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Currently with the Deshaun Watson news, the Browns still favored by one, one and a half. And you have the total sitting there at 32 and a half, 33. Dave, what are you thinking for this uh, Steelers-Browns game? Yeah, I mean, I could go back and forth here. You know, my brain tells me that Cleveland was handed that game by the Ravens and you know, maybe they're a little overvalued against another division team. Uh, and the Steelers did win and cover against the Packers. But, you know, as as you know, it clearly wasn't pretty. Um, I'd like to make a case for the Steelers because, you know, it opened minus four and it looked like a Browns gift. But that's long gone with or without Watson. You know, the under looks easy enough, but I like to find things to give our listeners that they might not have already considered. And, you know, the Browns are gifted a game in Baltimore. I have never liked Lamar Jackson. So I don't know why I used the Ravens last week. So digression time. Um, the Browns defense did give up 31, but they only gave up 30, 300 yards of offense. Uh, and they were able to run for 178 yards. So that kind of, you know, I know it's without Watson. I was thinking it would be P.J. Walker, uh, but it looks like it's going to be DTR. Uh, and I think that it's going to be a very low scoring game. It's going to be, who am I going to take? I'm going to take Cleveland. I think they're at home. I think they have a defense that might keep Pittsburgh off the board. And I think they find a way to put up 17 points and win 17 to 10. We're going to disagree. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I I don't know. What was this game? Three, three and a half, the Watson? Well, I, I could have had a four earlier in the weekend. I'm a little pissed I didn't, but, you know, that would have been a no-brainer. But now, at, you know, basically a pick I'll take the home team. I just feel like 
you look at DTR play quarterback and PJ Walker, I know Watson's not good, but I feel like only getting two and a half points from Watson to Walker feels like he's worth more. Steelers, Tomlin, they find ways to win these gross games. It probably will be low scoring. But I went back and did a little research on P.J. Walker. Dude has started three games. You know how many turnovers he has in in three games, Dave? Seven. Probably a a lot. That's why they're – but, yeah, but they ran for 178 yards last. They're not going to need him to throw. Seven turnovers in three games. I look at this Pittsburgh defense – but he's not playing. Walker? Yeah, it's going to be Robinson, I think. Either or. All those turnovers, you know what that says? Opportunities for Pittsburgh with short fields and more opportunities to score. No, those are turnovers late when they absolutely had a pass. Come on now. I'm taking Pittsburgh on the money line to win this one. I think I found it around plus 100 even there. And I think I might be crazy because of all the turnovers I think Cleveland's about to have. I'll take the Steelers team total over 16 and a half. I think they can get to 20. Yeah, they'd be lucky to get to 10. <laughs> All right, we got another disagreement here. Let's move to our next game. We're looking at, what is this, the America's Game of the Week. We're going to look at the New York Jets traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Currently, Bills favored by seven. Total sitting there at 40. Dave, what are you thinking for Jets-Bills? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to make a fair line in this game. I mean, I, we were on another podcast. We gave out Denver last week, and I was like, we were so right. But, you know, I, I can't take the Bills here, um, especially in a division game. I mean, have people not learned their lesson betting on teams to do things that they haven't been doing, and that would be the Bills? It's apt to be damp and more apt to be breezy in Buffalo. Who's that going to favor? The Jets. I mean, they threw Ken Dorsey under the bus for Josh Allen's mistakes. I mean, do you really think a new OC is going to figure things out in less than a week? Well, the new OC is Joe Brady, and he's already in his first year as a quarterback coach. I don't think he can fix it. I mean, I I think he might have been as big a reason the problem about the turnovers than Dorsey was. I mean, he's the quarterback coach. My only reservation, it's a full seven points for a reason, but it was seven points over Denver on a Monday night, too, and they failed to get that one done. So. I like the Jets here. I don't have a play on the side because I think Buffalo is so volatile, but I like the under in this game, under 40. The Jets are built to beat the Buffalo Bills. They've been close games the last two seasons with them. I 100% agree with your Ken Dorsey statement. Their offense statistically has been one of the better ones in the league. The only problem is Josh Allen turning the football over, which has nothing to do with Ken Dorsey. I don't see how that's a positive for the offense. It's not like the Raiders who hated McDaniels, and now it's like everyone feels good because he's gone. It seemed like Josh Allen, these guys liked him. I think this was the wrong move. This was just McDermott trying to cover his own ass because of the struggles. And we already know the Jets, their offense stinks. Zach Wilson stinks. Robert Sala has basically said everything but Zach Wilson stinks. I don't see how either of these teams are going to score to go over 40. I think, again, I think the last five out of six games they've played all would have been under this total. And I think, again, it's like 20 to 10 type game. Yeah, all I know is the Jets aren't going to lose by more than a touchdown. Uh, Let's move to our final game. This is going to be Monday night here. The Philadelphia Eagles will be traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Currently this line, we have the Chiefs favored by two and a half and a total sitting there at 45 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for our final game? Yeah, I mean, I think the public's going to look at this and see last year's 38-35 Super Bowl matchup, and they're going to expect another 73-point game. And, uh, and you know, and we know the Chiefs don't lose an arrowhead. So, I mean, the only thing I do know is that Taylor Swift has a concert in Rio on Sunday, 
So I'll take the under of number of times she's shown on screen. My inclination was to take the Eagles and the under simply based on going against what everyone expects. And yes, I know read off a bye, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but Kansas City hasn't been blowing teams out. But the Chiefs have been running the ball. Um, and they actually have the number three points per game defense in the NFL. And with that in mind, I think they might just want to keep this a low-scoring game. Nobody can run on Philadelphia's defense either, but their pass defense is very vulnerable. So I, I do like Kansas City here. Um, but the total is what I really like. They're begging for over money. Uh, it's low, no doubt. I've looked at every possible way to attack this game, and it came down to two options because we also might see some inclement weather. But the Eagles team total under is one, uh, if I can get a 21. Uh, so in lieu of that, I like the Chiefs in the first quarter. Uh, why? Because uh, Spagnola will not allow points to the Eagles in the first quarter. And Kansas City second in the league in first quarter, points allowed. So I think this game, you know, everybody's talking about Mahomes and Hurts and, and Kelsey and A.J. Brown. And, and I think it's about the defenses. And I think it's more about the Chiefs defense. So I, I think the Chiefs defense keeps Philadelphia well in check and they win the game. Yeah, I agree with you. I looked at this game. And I thought right away, is this too easy? The Eagles would have had this game circled from the Super Bowl. That game in the Super Bowl could have went either way. You hear the Kelsey stuff about being in Argentina and South America. That feels like a distraction. You mentioned Andy Reid. All the public's going to be like, oh, you know, the Chiefs. Well, the Eagles are coming off of a bye, too, so they get just as much time to prep. It's not really an advantage. And then I'm, I'm with you. Both these defenses can stop the run. Both these defenses are solid. I instantly thought Eagles and the under, and I thought maybe that's too obvious. But from you handicapping the game, it feels like maybe that wasn't as obvious as I thought it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I wanted to just go opposite, but I think, you know, Mahomes can run away from that Philadelphia defensive line and, you know, he can make plays any number of ways. I don't think Kansas City loses this game. I think the, uh, the Philadelphia pass defense is not ideal. So I think I think it's going to be the – like I said, you know, people are talking about the, the people you know, but let's not forget how good both these defenses can be. And I think Kansas City's is better. I think Kansas City has more ways to win. So there you go. That will wrap up our Monday night football game. Any other NFL games that caught your eye that you wanted to maybe say take a look at this? No, there's a lot of games that I'm going to lay off of. There's too many players that are questionable. There's too many lines. You know, this year is funny. There's, there's some really good teams and there's some really bad teams but not many of either. And then you have everybody else thrown in the mix. And, um, you know, that's why the spreads are all one, two, one, two, three. So I'm going to wait and see if I don't throw something out later. But if I do, I'll throw it up on my Twitter account for anybody that's following. But I, I don't love anything else. I, I struggled to get what I got here. The only two that I had that we didn't already talk about, I looked at the Buccaneers 49ers under 41 and a half. And then the other one, I kind of like the Bears team total over. I think they can get to 20 against the Lions. Justin Fields has to prove it. They were averaging 18 and a half with Bajent. I think Fields comes in. They still probably lose, but I do like the fact that uh, he's got to play for it and they're going to go. He's going to run the football. Detroit has struggled with running quarterbacks. Look at the Baltimore game. Uh, but that'll conclude this winner's take and our NFL portion. 
Again, you want to find me on Twitter. It's at Rowdy underscore Razor. Find Dave at Dave underscore Essler or his work at pregame.com. Always just want to ask that you please download, listen, subscribe, share it with your friends. We'll be back next week for another winner's take looking at college and NFL football. But until then, let's continue to win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com, in the Zone app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, rate, subscribe.